Is this how I talk or is this how? Those are the same ways. I know. Camera one. Remember that in Wayne's World? Yeah. Camera one. one camera, camera two. <laughs> camera one. Camera two. I couldn't wait to be that comfortable with a girl. I hadn't had a girlfriend mm-hmm. when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, imagine just playing around in your tidy whities Yeah. I'm so glad tidy whities is still here. You know how like, un- what is it? White tight undershirt? <laughs> white oh. tight white tank top undershirt? I get it. I'm not teasing. I can't believe we ever called it yeah. a wife beater. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad Tidy Whitey's wasn't something. Yeah, Tidy Whitey's is the complete opposite. It's so fun. It's like a. a it was probably you, the same did guy. Did you ask a three year old what, what these were called? Well, was... they're tight and they're white. <laughs> That's so good. It's fun. Uh... It's like Brian Regan has a bit about walkie talkie. Really? I'm walking and I'm talking. <laughs> That's so, so good. Perfectly him. And it's a military device. That's so he uses all these other ones, and then he's like, and this one's your walkie-talkie. Because you so walkie funny. and you talk. <laughs> it's like flip-flops. Um, um, this is not how we start. We start usually with saying, what's happening, weirdos? Oh, hit it. What's happening, weirdos? What is it? Oh, right. And then we make a joke that it's you. Yeah, that's but this right. Is, this is num- <laughs> <laughs> like, that's right. It was Pizza Hut. <laughs> that's, remember those commercials? This is a real... I would say early 90s theme intro. Oh, because things from the early 90s keep coming up. Yeah. Now, I guess it's... Pizza Hut is still very much alive, but I haven't had it since the 90s. I haven't. Brother, I haven't seen a Pizza Hut. I'd love to have... You know what I'd love? What? My birthday. Yes. At a red-topped... It almost looks like a Monopoly hotel. Uh-huh. Like it's a red-topped Pizza Hut. Oh, Like they looked like yeah. huts. Uh-huh. And the roof was like red... In my memory, it was red plastic. It wasn't, but it was like red. Yeah. And I want pitchers of every soda, Coke, yes. and I'm going for that root beer. Oh, my God. But I want to make sure that I feel about it the same way that I felt about it when I was a kid. Well. I think I could. I think I could get there. I still feel pretty excited about pizza. <laughs> no, I. that's one of the few things that doesn't really fade that much. Yeah. We like, should get Berbiglia on this. Chris, yeah. Not really. We could. Christmas Christmas fades a little, even though I hate to admit it, and I fight against it so strongly every year to try and save oh, yeah, that's Christmas sad. in my heart. But it does wear off just to when you're a kid. I still love it. It's my favorite thing. But like when I was a kid, it was I know. so intense. So Christmas I got up fades. at like 5 a.m. on Christmas morning, and yeah. it was my job. Disneyland fades, um, but pizza hey, Mikey, has not can faded. I put you on the podcast real quick? <laughs> It'll be fun, I promise. There was such there a, was a long pause. There was such a long, there was a long pause. pause. Hi, Mikey. Uh, hey, Belle, how are you? <laughs> Good. We're doing an intro for our podcast. and Can I tell you one time I was on a podcast and somebody did this to Dane Cook and Dane was like, don't do that. And he was right. <laughs> yeah, I'm really sorry that you got pulled into But this. that's why I didn't put him on speaker right away. I called him private. Put him on the spot. And <laughs> What spot? I think, I think my biggest concern is about my sound quality. 
That's very Mike Birbiglia. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just do a bit twice and throw it on the special. And you're like, take it to the Sydney Opera House for a nine-month residency and then cut it from the special. And I'm like, no, let's just call him on speaker. That's, that's our careers in a nutshell. Mikey, I just, we just thought of you. We're doing the intro to our We Made It Weird, the Friday apps, although this will be out Sunday. And we were just saying that pizza is one of the few things that doesn't fade. Like when you were a kid, pizza was exciting. And when you're a grown-up, pizza exciting. Do you agree? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, are you – this is the softball of all softballs. That's what I mean. We thought of you. I mean, I mean, this is this is this is a cotton ball. <laughs> softer than a softball. It has. Uh, not only does it hold up in terms of being exciting as a child, being exciting on half days of school. Yeah. I mean, oh. being exciting for birthdays that are children's birthdays, but also grown-up birthday yeah you can have a grown-up birthday where it's pizza and that's it yeah yeah i and 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 by the way fancy pizza still good pizza not fancy pizza still good pizza yeah right that's That's right absolutely right right. and the words pizza party still have like the same reaction yeah i remember in school they'd be like if you if as a class we read 50 books over the year we'll have a pizza party and i just remember every single person in that room being like i will do fucking anything yeah. for a pizza party yes. i think pizza it's, could get well, me flossing well, it's, the, it's the alliteration of pizza party oh, that yeah. i think really gets you to the next level yep. i love i love pizza so much i get excited when i see the word plaza i love it it's also pool party i mean that's hanging right there for us pool party enjoys i mean hot tub party party with with pizza pizza. forget about it i might as well have a seizure (laughs) yeah although i feel like when you're eating pizza you don't want people to see the effects of pizza because you're shirtless at a pool party and i've never cared for that oh that's such a that's a, such a valid point. I, I make this point in my book, which is I, I, I wouldn't have sex with pizza, but if I ate pizza alone, I wouldn't mention it to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about eating isn't cheating. Have you heard that story? Yeah, I've never heard no, but I, I think about it a lot. What, eating isn't cheating? Eat, about eat, yeah, eating alone things that you wouldn't eat in front of your wife is got has got to be a thing right that i think it goes both ways too i'm starting the car it's too hot i'm starting the car at least it does in our relationship where like if one of us is like pete's gonna be away for two weeks the only thing i think uh what am i gonna think of is to make me feel better about that is like i'm gonna have just like garbage macaroni and cheese yeah there'll probably be one day I don't know. Well, you know, that's a, no, that's a great example because I'm not allowed to eat macaroni and cheese uh, from the box because uh, in front of Uno because Jen doesn't like the carcinogens. Yeah. And and my and my defense of that is like I'm like, well, I ate I ate macaroni and cheese from a box as a kid. And I had cancer. Oh, I guess that's not a great. 
There's got to be something about Mikey. I don't think of you as a guy who had cancer. You have so many things. That's true. You really overcame the potentially becoming the cancer guy. I think of you more often as a guy who looks like he just rolled out of bed. Like, that's number one. <laughs> Cancer's like number 17. You know what it is? It's uh, I, I, you know, I think of it as having sort of wiffle ball cancer. Because I didn't do radiation. Wiffle ball cancer. Where I didn't do chemo, I didn't do radiation. They took it out. It could have come back. I mean, like I was 19, could have come back. It didn't come back. I got lucky. Yeah. Uh, You know, wiffle ball, it's wiffle ball cancer. By the way, we're we're at five and a half minutes at this point. I mean, uh, you... You're going to have to cut me a check or something. If you could just Venmo me 40 bucks or something, Pete, it would go a long way around here. It is the pandemic. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I understand. Thank you for the call. <laughs> I thought I thought this call was going to be out, out of love, and, and it turns out it was, uh, it was opportunistic. <laughs> it was. Every time we speak, it's both. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wait. Would it be right or wrong for me to say Baba Booey at this point? Oh, my God. <laughs> See, you feel how DC felt on that podcast where it was edited out. No, I, I I value so much that I could call you and that we could just riff about pizza. I love you guys. We love you. Love you too, man. Thanks. We, we made it weird. The three. Pizza. The three. We three plus pizza. Plus pizza and pools made it weird. Oh, my God. (laughs) Plaza. This is turning into wait, wait, don't tell me. (laughs) Bye-bye, Mikey. Um, That was fun. Yeah, it was a good pal, good friend. Um, Okay, so we have something to talk about, you guys. Um, We recorded about an hour and 15 minutes of a podcast on our regular Thursday date night that was supposed to come out on Friday. And at one point, we looked at the computer and... It had stopped recording. It had stopped recording. Which, for the people who use... I almost said garbage band. Garage band. (laughs) That happens. That's why when we're talking, I'm always kind of peeping. Yeah. Like, my friend Robert Buscemi used to have a bit about how you never quite get used to a mannequin in your periphery. (laughs) You keep wanting to look at it. That's so true. That's how I feel about uh, my our laptop running. Anyway, this time it worked out. It it had stopped. Um, So this podcast ends abruptly. We're not going to... We're going to edit it so it ends a little bit more smoothly and we'll come back and and kind of guide you out of the experience because it's very abrupt. But that's why this didn't come out on Friday, but here it is coming out on Sunday. And uh, as usual, if you've never listened before, uh, Thursday night is our date night and we always start because we have a babysitter we pull off in this car and we record a quick episode uh, quick sometimes it's three hours yeah. and uh, and we love sharing them with you it, it really seems to be hidden home with the diehards and uh, the, are you kidding the diehards of the faves yeah so we're so happy to do it for you guys there's no ad on this episode but please any of the Pete's picks go check them out helps us out as mm-hmm. Mikey was saying we could all I mean everybody could use a 40 bucks Venmo to them right now <laughs> so go to livinglibations.com slash weird uh, com slash weird keep it crispy 19 is uh, our CBD friends um, what are the other ones I'm blanking kachava.com slash weird foria foria for uh, wonderful sex enhancing things that are incredible foria.com slash weird for 20% off mm-hmm. I think that's all oh meundies.com slash weird and uh, in the meantime enjoy this episode and sorry that it ends kind of uh, abruptly uh, and that it's a shorter one 
but um, we got some really great questions and we'll answer more of them next week. Yeah, especially the one that got cut off, which you won't hear. We'll just do it next time. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Well, I think there's nothing left to do, but get into it. Later season, Jim and Pam. Oh, gross. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> hey, that's mine. <laughs> oh. 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 You snooze, you lose your coffee. Oh, I gotta get more Which cord. is ironic because if you lose your coffee, then you'll snooze. <laughs> Alright. There we go. There we go. Okay, now we're now now we're doing now we're doing. We're starting now. Let's go. Hey. <laughs> Just a little voice. Hey. Hey. Ramdas has this thing where he's like, So you die, right? And then you hear a voice go, Hey. And you're like, Well, I must not be dead. It's one of my favorite little <laughs> little lectures he gives. Kind of taking some of the bite off of the old Big D. Does he... Death, not dick. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to take a bite out of that D. That's not how you want to ha- experience the Big D, by someone taking a, a nibble, a big nibble. Yeah. You don't want to be the biter or the bited in that situation. Yeah. No. Nope. No. 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 Oh, welcome to you, <laughs> <laughs> That's like a barf laugh. <laughs> oh my god. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Dancing on the ceiling? Um, not yet, but <laughs> I'm hopeful <laughs> that it ends up going that way tonight. Yeah. Um, no, I feel really good. I, you know, it always takes a little bit of settling into... Like, oh, this is all I have to think about right now. I know. Being being the rents. I don't know if people realize that we, when we start this podcast, we are literally five minutes. How do I, how do I, it's how, do like I five, how, how, how do I, how do I say Five minutes ago, we were with our child. Like, yeah, we, we just do, escaped. All we do is we, we say goodbye to Leela. We get in the car, we drive maybe five minutes. Not even, like, Not even. Not even. Just, like, two minutes down the street, and then we start it. So, like, you're hearing our transition. This is that transition. Yeah. Yeah, we're often perkier. Somebody, by the way, I'm sure it was well-meaning, but I did that joke, which I did on this podcast first, on Mike's podcast, Birbiglia's Mikey's, which is called Working It Out. And the bit is, I didn't think I was gaining weight during the quarantine until I watch videos that I... You've, you've, mm-hmm. Everybody's heard this. Yeah. I watch videos that I shoot, and you can always hear me like... <sighs> <sighs> and somebody said, look, I don't want you to be, feel bad, mm-hmm. but sometimes uh, you never know what's going to creep in and sort of hurt the old feelings. Oh. Or not even hurt the feelings. That's not correct. But he said, like, I was just thinking that listening to We Made It Weird number six or something. Meaning, in this podcast, I'm either listening to you and I'm like... Oh, no. Is there any way... Describe the ingredients of a Whopper again. Oh, no. And I... You know what? I'm just going to have to lean into it. Once he said it, I just started listening. Which, by the way, a million percent. A million percent understand that he was just saying like, oh yeah, that's, you made that joke about you, 
Mm-hmm. I was just talking to our friend about this, where I was like, comedians, it's a Mark Maron line, I think. Comedians become comedians to control how people laugh at them. It's also Nora Ephron. Is it Nora Ephron? Who says, like, if you slip on a b- banana peel, somebody, like, people will laugh at you. But if you, basically, if you tell the story of how you slept, uh, slipped on a banana peel, it becomes slept. your laugh. I slept. I slept. That's a, that's a line from Jesse James where he goes, I slept. I, what am I saying? I slept. <laughs> and you just did it. Sorry, I'm adjusting the sensitivity of the microphone. I don't think you're so much quieter than me, which mm-hmm. is something I could just write down and hand to anyone I see. <laughs> <laughs> I could just have a stack of business cards that say, you're so much quieter than me. <laughs> hand it to people before I've talked to them, after, during. What if we just put it closer to me? No, it's this is better. I'm seeing those peaks and vowels now when the vowel speaks, and I'm the peak. <gasps> Welcome to We Made It Weird with Peak and Val. Oh, my God. Pe- peak Holmes. And Val Valley. Yeah, you said something like that. I said, "Oh, you put your peatness in my vagina." That's yeah, your peatness. And no, what's no? What's disgusting is we've been together for Qantas eight years, and we just figured out peatness. I think you said you put my penis butter in my vajelli. Does that sound familiar? That must have been something we said on crashing. Then you put your penis butter in my vajelli. Yeah, I said your peatness in my vagina, and I'm not. Which is great. I still think that's going to be like that's got a big ick factor for a lot of people, including maybe. No, me. <laughs> penis butter in my vagina is worse than well, your agreed. Pe- your pe- <laughs> <laughs> but I think they're both bad. Um, you were but penis is funny because sometimes I say this is a nice place maybe to start is. The penis. It's a nice way of just. It's not not to referring get, to your penis. Not my though. penis. No. I'll say we went to a dinner, a social distance dinner. Everybody was seated appropriately apart. And it was outside, and I was just quiet. And people, uh, you know, noticed, and we were talking about it afterwards. And I was like, "Yeah, the penis. You know, mm-hmm. it's just what was happening. It, it's like, mm-hmm. it's a nice way of." Uh, social distancing from yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Which we all need to do a little bit more. I mean, that's what the whole thing is, man. Um, that's the whole goddamn thing, man. Well, Fred, okay, sorry. Fred Davis, uh, who's like a non-dualist, and I really... Love Freddie D. Love Freddie D. He, this is the first time he's come up because I can never remember his name. Yeah. Well, actually, I ju- it's, it was like on the tip of my brain because I just did the exercise of like writing down 50 people who've influenced you and I'm like he's majorly influenced me even though I ne- hardly ever talk about him me neither but, but he you told me about Freddie D Fred Davis and the Gungers are the ones that told me about and it and Michael Gunger is I mean I think both Michael and Lisa are non-dualist. non-dualist but Michael is definitely if the Pictionary clue was non-dualist I'd draw Michael yeah uh, and Lisa would be in the background wearing a big hat <laughs> um <laughs> It sounded like I'm burning them. She just likes wearing hats. <laughs> uh, and whether or not they're big, that's up to you to decide. I'm saying yes. <laughs> Listen. Um, but they told us about... I, I interrupted. You were explaining. Excuse me. Uh, that's okay. They uh, so they told us about his... It's called the Book of Un... Well, there's the Book of Undoing and the Book of Unknowing. And I think this is the one of the Book of Undoing. Um, 
and it's you just listen to it on audio and it's basically him Singing taking him. people through sessions of awakening sessions of awakening yeah. yeah and and you are i mean it's almost impossible by the end of it to you not can't. be like oh my god i would wager you're going to wake up or have an experience of of wakeness which by the way doesn't mean permanent wakeness nobody on this podcast i, I don't know maybe val you <laughs> slipped in in a way that i don't know yet but like for me i'm saying i was just writing about this today the up and the down the remembering the forgetting the sleeping and the waking mm-hmm. is all normal mm-hmm. but that being said, you listened to Fred Davis, The Book of Undoing, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Is that, I'll check my I'll phone. Check You'll can, check. Yeah. And I listened to it on a plane, which is perfect. If you have a couple hours, a road trip by yourself, road trip with a friend that's into this, and you can just dedicate to listen to it, because it's a dialogue. It's written as a dialogue. And the dialogue is like an amalgamation of all the people he's coached mm-hmm. to... And exp- I just touched the gas, by the way, if anybody thought something was going wrong with your pacemaker. That was our car. Um, if Dick Cheney is listening, <laughs> he's a big, he thinks you're related. So yeah. um, it's spelled different. But uh, it's, it's an amalgamation of all the people. So he does these awakening sessions and the most common things that people say to him, mm-hmm. the most common resistance that, resistances that come up, he turns them all into one person. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying I'll wager that if people listening to this podcast listen to that book, as I did, you'll probably get there maybe before the person that yeah. he's mm-hmm. representing in the book. And then you might forget it while the, by the time the person in the book gets it. And it's so it's, great it's because it's two different parts. So he does like a first session and by the end of it, the person and you who are listening are like, oh my God, of course I totally got it. Yeah. And uh, not only will I not lose it, but I can't lose it. How could I How lose it? How could I lose yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then That's does the, a second session, and it starts with the person being like, I lost it. And you feel <laughs> and that you way. You feel that way, too. And then, It doesn't even matter if you listen to them consecutively. You're just kind of like, the holding on to it is kind of what all of these conversations are about. Yeah. And that's, that's what can be so disheartening. And the thinking is that, you, lose that you can lose it. As soon as you let go of, like Muji would say, if you're like, I lost it. That's the only... I think I've said this before on this podcast. Like, that's the only... That thought, I lost right. it, is the only thing that's keeping you well, that's from what, having it. It's, okay. Yes. Sorry. It's not something that you can lose. It's it's it what it is right now. <laughs> right. It's... Yes. Well, I was going to back up a little bit and say that, one, a definition of non-duality, it, it's sort of the... It's the Gandhi walks into a pizza place, make me one with everything. <laughs> so even when I was a kid and I had no, I know, it's a good joke. Mm-hmm. It's a great joke. It's a great joke. Make me one with everything. That's a great joke. Who wrote that joke? Also, because he's probably hungry. He's <laughs> oh my God. You are the queen of my heart. You can build a little castle out of bars of soap just to give you a scale. Mm. You're quite small. Okay. The castle's made out of soap, but one bar of soap is what we would consider a traditional castle-sized brick. So, okay, it's probably I'm thinking maybe like a one-sixth model of a castle, but you, therefore you're a one-sixth model of Valerie. So in this situation, I've shrunk. Yes, but okay. not enough to fit in my actual biological heart. Okay, which was our Guillermo del Toro riff today. We were talking about. I'm working on this project, and it involves a ship, like a spaceship. And uh, Val, we were like, what if Guillermo del Toro 
directed it and we were like wow he'd, he'd change everything he's welcome to but he'd be like I see the ship as being like you know science fiction horror but also kind of alive but organic <laughs> it's, like, it's organic it's like organic but also like a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> And you kept going, like a whale, but also a tree. <laughs> and, it's, it's, <laughs> and then I said, and there's a word in Spanish, a piglioco. That's not even Spanish sounding. You did a great Spanish sounding I did. Why can't I do it now? And you were like, it's not, they, there's not a word for English, for, but it means like roughly whale tree. <laughs> I was, that went through like briefly Spanish yes, accent. Yes, and it was kind of Italian. French, and then Italian, and then at the very end, it was a little Russian. You just did Europe, basically. <laughs> I just did all a sweeping wow. Europe, European accent. So anyway, non-dualities make me one with everything. Um, and it's the idea we've tried to explain on this podcast before, and we've plugged this before, I think, but Muji has a great meditation on iTunes if you don't have the Fred Davis amount of time to dedicate to it, but you're, you're curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called An Invitation to Freedom. It's on iTunes. I think there's two of them. One of them's more expensive. They're the same. Yeah. Because guess who well, bought both? One's abridged, but the, it's not that abridged. No, no. They both have both versions. Oh, they do? I'm saying on iTunes, you'll see it twice. Oh, weird. And there's one that's like a little bit more, but oh. they're the same. Any whoozle, uh, the Muji one walks people through the idea that like, where could you be? I love these types of experiments. Even when I was a kid, I just was craving. This is what I thought philosophy classes would be more mm. like, and they ended up not being like this at all. Mm. I wanted to be have more of like a beanbag lava lamp thing where you're just like, mm. how can there be nothing? Mm. Because nothing is only in relation to something noticing that it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So like he's sort of saying that like the sense of being in you, mm-hmm. he has you close your eyes, and he's like, does it have a boundary? Mm-hmm. Was it born? Mm-hmm. Does it die? Mm-hmm. Does it like and and then he's like, can you imagine some place where, where there is no sense of being? Yeah. So it's basically like saying the basic building block of you mm-hmm. is what we're calling isness, is being. Right. That part of you that has been with you the whole time. And that's the Fred Davis exercise. It starts with thinking of different memories as your in your Love it. past and being like, is there a sense of being there? And then you kind of are like, oh, yeah, there is. And then realizing that that sense of being when I was seven isn't any different than the sense of being now. And if I envision something happening in the future, that sense of being will be the same as it is. That's right. It's the constant. This is in in our Christian tradition. I mean, you and me, Val. Growing up, they would say that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So they're mm-hmm. talking about the Christness. They're talking about beingness, mm-hmm. and then of course, this is rampant in every other tradition as well. They have other mm-hmm. symbols, other stories, other ways of phrasing it. Mm-hmm. But we're saying, oh, and the Jewish one is God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. So, but what makes that more interesting? Instead of just going like, okay, so there's a God, He's over there, and He doesn't change. That actually sounds pretty fucking dumb and pretty boring, seeing as existence is change. Everything that you can witness that's alive or interesting or vital or juicy or or, or whatever, alive, is changing. So you're just like, and then there's this thing called God. He's over there. He's like a voyeur. This is his hotel, and it's a casino, 
know, and he has cameras everywhere, but he doesn't change. That's really boring, unless you just go like, well, God is actually a, a, a part of this and a part of this, sort of, mm-hmm. in that it's the canvas that everything mm-hmm. is painted on. Mm-hmm. So when you go, when I say God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, I'm sort of, I lose interest. But if you say, Pete, think of when you were in that shallow end of your neighbor, the Doherty's pool, mm-hmm. wrestling with Urn because we were kids in junior high and we loved making up our own fighting games like Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. So we're like splashing for fireballs. I loved it. It was my favorite. Yeah. Ern did not like it as much as me, Aww. because in my not not to say that Ern didn't have his own vibrant, and he does have a vibrant and wonderful imagination, but I can still remember what I was imagining for like what if I was a sumo wrestler, like what I looked like in this imaginary video game for an imaginary system that was so much better than even the technology they had in that. So it was pure creativity mm. and it had a physical component of splashing and, and, and sort of mock wrestling. We weren't really hurting each other or anything, but like dunking. It's probably why Ern didn't like it because I probably weighed three times as much as him. <laughs> I hand him a card that says, you're so much quieter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and you're so much. You're so much. Oh, whoops! That's not the one. I, I meant you're so much smaller. That's that's also. It could be on the back. Yeah. It could be on the back. Vista print. Hook me up. <laughs> Vista print. Vista print, baby. Vista that print. Any whoozle. When I think of that, mm-hmm. the sense of being that was anchoring that is the same sense of being that's in the background of this conversation. That's right. Fucking yeah. trippy is dope shit, dude. And what Fred Davis? So what? I want that to be my ringtone. Me saying trippy is dope shit, dude. <laughs> Sorry. I should, should I let you get a clean audio of it? That's trippy is dope shit, dude. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> guys! Somebody out there, make somebody that your text. Will. You have such sweet, adoring fans. Somebody's going to make that an audio file and I, send it to us. Oh, uh, that's um, true. I don't think you can do attachments on the gram. Uh, well, email it to we won't get it. Email it to <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> That's a friend. What? You just gave like a look like that was the dumbest joke ever. No, you misunderstood. <laughs> you saw me considering giving Paige's email, but I don't want to bother Paige with that. Oh, uh, yeah. Paige is our wonderful, she's like family, but she's our, she works as an executive assistant for us, mm-hmm. with us. Um, I don't know how to say it without it sounding weird. Um, so anyway, the thing that made me think of Fred Davis is that he's, he's the first one who said that I know of or that I heard of is referring to his ego as the Fredness. Yes. And what I love is it's not really remembering or forgetting because like he says, you can't, there is no place you can be where the sense of being isn't. Because there would have to be a sense of being that's, there that's to be it. like, no sense of being here. Valerie, <laughs> karate kicks. Full circle back to you die. Where could you... Something has to be there to identify that there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just, I, it, I lose it as I'm saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure. like... But when you are really... So that's what I was going to say is he calls it being clear. So it's not remembering and forgetting or being separate because that's that's none of that's true. That's the egos or the Fredness or the Valeriness, um, Valness, understanding of it. The Valness and my s- Pete Gina. <laughs> that's right. Let's let's try it this way. Mix it up. <laughs> let's mix things up. You want to um, tackle my rumpus? I mean, God love you. <laughs> 
like just just the sound of my front part plopping down on the top sheet, like as my jiggling butt says, "You ordered this." Like God love you. God, I can barely handle this. <laughs> I am not ready for that jelly, and I no. don't know if I ever will. Be. When I, whenever I get a massage, I keep it to myself. But I think you should charge more. This is too much. You have such, so much body. Oh, I know. But it's also really soft and pleasant to touch. So. I would love to give myself a massage. I often do, but just on one area. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like us to focus? My dangling. <laughs> My dangling. Um, yeah. So anyway, blah blah blah. No, blah, I blah. love this stuff, Val. Uh, oh, you were saying, but I do like that it's it's like the just levels of clarity is how you understand yeah. it. Um, so it, there is like a being less clear, and that's usually when the valness is making me believe that I can somehow be separated but from it. This is the good. Okay, so Katie Byron, Katie, who we love. Um, she calls that the thought that kicks you out of heaven, mm. which I love. Mm-hmm. So the thought that kicks you out of heaven is, um, I wonder what I'll have for lunch. Mm. So everything is fine. And then, but he, another example would be like, when will Leela stop crying? Mm-hmm. Or when will I watch TV? And then what my favorite part of our night, every night, Leela goes, finally, it takes about an hour to put her down. Mm-hmm. We usually do it in shifts, although she's been going through a mama only for the past couple of nights, so thank you for that. Last couple of weeks, but okay. <laughs> yes, I know. I would have said that, except when your parents were in town, I put her that's down. That's true. You're right. But, but, you deserve the credit. No, I don't, because why that's a memory is because I, as I laid her down, I went, wow, it's been a while since I've been the one to put her down, because I had to. Mm-hmm. So it can happen. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden I'm Kevin James in a UPS outfit eating a hoagie going like, she seems to like you, babe. <laughs> you know what I mean? As you're holding the crying baby. So forgive, forgive and forget. Thank you very much. Um, what were we saying though? Um, oh, the thought that kicks you out of heaven. Yeah. So, uh, and like the, I, I can't, I think you were getting to the point of like wanting to Le- Leela to fall asleep. Oh, and then my favorite part of the night. We finally do get on the couch, mm-hmm. and we do want to watch HBO's The Vow, <laughs> and I do want to put my penis in The Vow, Gina, because <laughs> it's such a good show. <laughs> and But my favorite part is not when we go into the hypnosis of watching TV and eating, even though that's clearly our drug of choice. We like that. It's when, and we always do this, we look at each other, and we go, hey, this is it. Yeah. I. It's like on the mornings that I sleep in, which was this morning. It's not the sleep. Sleep's great. The best part is mm-hmm. on the day, remembering that you're not getting up tomorrow morning. Yeah. That's the best part. Yeah, so right. like having the awareness to be aware that the best part isn't what you actually think it is. It's not actually doing it's, the thing. It's it's being able to like let the sediment of the of the the ocean, the wavy ocean is kicking up all this sand and you get to sit down and uh, are you falling asleep? <laughs> just yeah. yawning. Well, you're just talking about my, my sleepiest face. time of the night. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, I the thing that I was going to say about the oneness cuz it I do lose it when I say for example like how can there be nothing? There would have to be something there to define the nothing. Mm. Um, it's like Eckhart Tolle says, life, um, the opposite of death is not 
Um, the opposite of life isn't death. The opposite of, of death is birth. There is no opposite to life mm. because it's just, it's what is. Mm. So it's like, there's no opposite. It's, it's always there. It's in, it's there in a void. Even a void is defined by wow. something observing a void. Something needs to be there to observe it. Right. And I'm back. Yeah. But what I like to do is where can you go that it wouldn't exist? That's, I've probably said this before, but it's like when we were kids, we were like, well, other planets, if there's life, probably not because Jesus only came to this planet. It's like, well, isness is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And here's the best part. This is literally what the good news is, is you don't have to have it. It's fun to have it. Yeah. And it might increase your compassion and it might increase, mm-hmm. and I, in my experience, it increases your joy mm-hmm. and your vitality. But if you don't have it, if you're just eating Chick-fil-A three meals a day and having diarrhea every night and never thinking about this stuff, you couldn't be closer to it or further from it. Uh. And you're already good. This is the prodigal son. This is this is the story of like you. Every, I'm always with you, and everything I have is yours. This is the punchline to the most historically accurate, meaning like valid, mm-hmm. saying of Jesus is the story of like you went out, you stayed, and were a good boy, and you went off, and you were a bad boy, and both of you are here at the banquet because you can't go anywhere that isn't my my terrain. Isn't that where could you go? Isn't that so healing, specifically to your like upbringing wounds yes of like I remember thinking of my relationship to God largely in part of like if I can like really get it together and read my Bible and do you know like pray and worship and do all these things yeah I'll feel really close to God and if I don't feel close to God that is my fault and God is somewhere missing me and wishing that I would return. Right. And like th- the people who told me that actually were really well-meaning because they were trying to convey that God is always there for you and God is just waiting with open arms and and yeah. he will never leave you. So if you don't feel him, then there's something wrong with you is the implied Yeah, it t- it's on you. And that's like... So they thought that they were giving good news and and whatever. It's not their fault, but like, I mean, they weren't deliberately trying to do that. But of course I, that came out in a way of, of being like, if I don't feel there, I remember moments as a child being like, I don't feel close to you, God. And then the next thought is like, well, I'm doing it wrong. And like, then you have the guilt of that. Right. And so, yeah. I just love, I love everything you just said. And it's so healing to be like, no, whatever is happening. I mean, this happens multiple times a week, probably more often than not. I will realize like, oh man, I was not in my body today. I was not connected. I was not, or I'll even be like, it's been a while since I've been clear, Mm. since I've been like identified with awareness. Mm or I've fallen out of my meditation practice, like all of this, I would say that's the um, rule. Anything else is an exception. Mm -hmm. Um, And to remember in those times, just saying like, well, that's what's happening. So That's right. Be the universe experiencing a feeling, a sensation of disconnect. Yeah. And nothing is wrong. That's it's right. not broken. It's where, not. Where could you go? I'm not disappointing anybody. 
It's it's here. I'm still here. I'm just not as clear on it. That's all that's happening. And the thought that kicks you out of heaven, and the thought, or the put it in your language, the thought that's keeping you from feeling connected with God is the thought, I don't feel connected to God. That's right. It's always about dropping the story. Yeah. And that's been challenging these past couple of weeks. It's like I've noticed that, like, I don't really care too much about winning discussions or proving what I know mm. because I always know that it's uh, on the other side of dropping all of that. Mm. Katie has this beautiful image Byron Katie about like be, being like a tree that drops all of its leaves mm. and you're just there and, and it's not sad like Tim Burton it's like mm. exposed and alive mm-hmm. and like really plugged in I can't mm. stop getting juice out of like I'm doing it right now this is a dream it's a dream. Yeah. Are you listening right now? This is your dream. Mm-hmm. And like, even when we were planning with Iris when she was going to come back, like Thursday, and this is, we're back in the beanbag. These are made up things. They're tools. They're useful. Mm-hmm. So is your name. Mm-hmm. So is the land that you're from and your parents' names and your gender and your skin color and your degree and your job. It's all this stuff that kind of makes it less belly dropping that's what that's what then what's happening is what's happening which is Mm. you're living in the only frame of the animation that exists Mm. and everything that I just said is gone we could replay it but then it would just be happening again in the now it's just this different it would be different yeah you'd hear just like I said in my book comedy sex god which is available now listen but I heard a talk that was, uh, the joke was that it was obnoxious, I'm aware. The, um, I was listening to a talk I had heard Ram Dass give before. I was in a very low place, but I heard it through that. Mm-hmm. I'm getting so much juice too, like when we were at that dinner going, I don't know any of these people. I'm just projecting different mm-hmm. stories onto them mm-hmm. and they've never met me. Again, that's not cold. That's freedom. Mm-hmm. Sometimes freedom seems so scary and like dropping everything and and all we have is now, like, I mean, look at the trophy industry, if you want more examples, or the photo industry, or whatever it is. We love collecting and clinging, mm-hmm. but the more you practice it, in my experience, the more you get not only comfortable, but joyful and alive in the nakedness of your leafless tree, just going like, I don't know what's going to happen next. In fact, I'm not even doing it. It's being done. There's another big Katie thing. It's like I'm being breathed. I'm being thought. And all I can do is stay open and and receive and receive. Well, staying open and accepting is a big part of that because there is a way where if you are resisting or if you are fearful in a fearful mindset, the idea of life is just happening to me feels really scary. In fact, I've heard a couple, actually a couple of friends have told me the idea, I mean, it's such a like common trope. It's some version of like, life's the ocean, man, just ride the waves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, but for real, it's like the ocean is such a great metaphor and sometimes that is just like, don't resist the wave, just, just ride with it and and I've had a couple friends say that, like, when they hear something like that, that is not helpful, that feels oh, terrifying yeah. to them. Yeah. 
and so the acceptance is the huge part of, of all of it. And Eckhart Tolle talks about accept. If you can accept the moment as it is right now, that's it. That will get you there. And Richie says, forgive reality. Mm. That Christianity is about forgiveness, but it's not just your stupid bullshit <laughs> sins being pardoned by the God librarian. This book is late, and it's about jerking off with one foot on the kitchen counter. Um, fuck that noise. That's an ego trip, and it's narcissistic. And I understand that it, it's necessary, but it's not really the whole game. Mm. Uh, the the first and more important forgiveness is realizing that you can forgive and flow with reality. Yeah, so and and I just go back to um, like Muji. Muji. I remember in one talk. Muji Baba. <laughs> it wasn't this exact thing, but somebody asked like, it was like they were like, I hear the words that you're saying, and I kind of understand, but I just like I can't fully wrap my brain around it. And he was like. Okay, so the thought comes in, I can't understand this. Okay, and you let that go. And then the thought comes in, like, I should be feeling somewhere different. Okay, and then it's gone. Like, it's just this this exercise of, and that's why I, you know this, that in Moana, when the grandma says, okay. Yep. <laughs> that is like a spiritual guide. It's that, a great it's, mantra. It's a spiritual gift in okay. my brain. Is just, can I go, okay, to this moment including my own perceived separateness, my own perceived disconnect. Don't collect it. Yeah. Let it go, as Katie would say, back to where it came from, which is nowhere. Trip out on that. Be a Buddhist and bow with reverence to every thought you have. This is Katie. As it returns to where it came from, which is nowhere and nothing. Yeah. Just do that. Meditation, as I've said a million, is such a boring word for something that's pretty exciting is to watch something materialize it between your ears as a thought I don't like this I'm not getting it whatever and then it d- dissolves back into nothing and it's gone yeah until you bring it back and it mm-hmm. just goes nowhere mm-hmm. this is this that's is the it. real shit yeah and that's why Richie Richard Rohr is saying like what kind of religion is is based upon getting it and doing it correctly necessarily he's like what hope then do people with um special needs intellectually like what chance yeah. do they have right. if they're not going to like get it? or like what chance to somebody that isn't exposed to these intellectual exercises yeah but he was always like the early peoples that wrote these things a lot of them we're talking about shepherds we're talking about recluses we're talking about yeah. quiet a quieter time quieter people that could do these experiments with themselves and could have that intuitive knowing. And had maybe even less obstacles than those of us who are really cerebral yeah. and having to, you know, let learn to let our thoughts go is like the main, the first thing you have well, to learn. Yep. Our, my friend, my very smart friend Kristen today in our, we have a, a private mindfulness group uh, with my close friends and she was saying we did one um a deep breath chopra meditation we're doing the 21 days of abundance by deepak chopra and today was the first day uh and it was a he he does a lot of like mantra meditations so the mantra was so hum which means i am that and uh she was just saying 
the mantra meditations are so not cerebral because you don't even, we didn't even know what the the mantra meant. We looked it up later, Mm. but it's, it's not about the meaning of it. Even you're just, it's, it's like tapping into a knowing that isn't knowing with your brain. That's right. Um, this is what people experience looking at the ocean and, or looking at the stars. We've been seeing so many great moons lately mm-hmm. because we're not in the city. And I'm like, that is part of the modern predicament. The blue light of our phones is replacing the, the like true mm-hmm. meaning natural light of the sun or the moon or mm-hmm. the waves or whatever it is. And it's those things that... It, I used to roll my eyes at people that would be like, that's my church. And I'm like, yeah, but you need somebody to interpret this and then make sure you're in the right group, mm. make sure you're doing it right. I mean, like, I was right. I had that sort of... Again, it's sort of aspy, but it was like, yeah, that's all fine and good that you can look at the ocean or look at the rain or, mm. or watch the when Lee, on her second birthday, wanted her candle blown out a thousand times and every time I'm watching the smoke rise. Mm. And I'm like, that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> that's what's happening. This mm. is vapor. That's all of us in that beautiful way. Mm. And look at all the things that vapor can do. It can dance. It can paint. It can communicate. It can love. It can raise children. It can have friendships. It can mm. fart. It can make... Dumb jokes. Yeah, vapor making vapor, man. (laughs) But I was like, who cares if you can have yourself a quiet moment of transcendence? I wouldn't have known that word. Mm. If you don't have a grown up in khakis with car keys and credit cards and a wallet and glasses and a little bit graying hair and his sideburns and a holy jacket and a cross behind him telling you that you were in. And making sure that there was a very, very old book telling you that you were in. What are you going to do when you die and there's God in the gavel? You're going to be like, oh, I had all that time by by the ocean. He's going to be like, who cares? You didn't fly the right flag and you didn't go to the right brick and mortar established place of worship. Yeah. And so I took that quite literally. It was given to me quite literally. But now I'm like the whole that feeling that you get at the ocean because it's so thoughtless mm-hmm. is the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So now I've become what I would have not liked. Yeah. I could put that on a business card too. <laughs> I've become what I would have not liked and it's great. Yes. I I feel like that's such a I wonder if people who weren't raised religious feel the same way because it is such a sensation of of somebody who's deconstructed their faith is like well I became my own and everyone who cared about me's worst nightmare yeah I I really feel strangely fine about it well that's that's the weirdness is like you need to get to a point and again I'm reading so much Katie and it has so much Buddhism in it but the Diamond Sutra eventually gets to a part where they're like when you're clear when you realize there's no self and other Mm. when you realize there's no true and untrue these things are very unpleasing to the Mm. ego by the way Mm -hmm. first no self no other well you just you know did control a or you know you did a select all delete on everything that's important to me yeah okay let's just start with that and then there's no truth either (laughs) there's no such thing as enlightenment I mean I really recommend A Mind at Home with Itself because it's Katie doing commentary on the Diamond Sutra Mm -hmm. and without it I don't know how I would have done just with the Buddhist text Mm. 
Mm-hmm. But when, when she's there to kind of walk you through it, it, it's really wonderful. I agree. That's my favorite book of hers. I get a lot out of even, I would say even more than the work at this stage in my life, I get a lot out of her talking about the work and talking from her state that she oh, it's great. exists in. I completely agree. Yeah. But they say one of the things, so it's the, the Buddha talking to Sabuti, which is one of these monks. I think a very high monk, I'm not sure. But again, as the Diamond Sutra would say, what are you even saying? It's the Buddha talking to the Buddha. Yeah. And um, the Buddha says, Subhuti, is it fair to say that the Buddha has attained enlightenment and has a teaching? Mm-hmm. And I just love this stuff. I I'm know. loving saying it to you now. And Subhuti's like, no, sir, mm-hmm. because it's my understanding that there's no such thing as enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Because if there's something being enlightened, there's a self and an other. Mm-hmm. And that's completely missing the mark. And the Buddha has no teaching because if he was teaching, he'd be a self and he'd be teaching another. Okay. And I, I, when I hear that stuff, again, it's beanbag lava lamp time. But like so much of my life has been like, can I hold on to it? Can I articulate it? And can I, can I demonstrate it? Mm-hmm. And then there's that wonderful tree dropping all its leaves and just going like, wait, mm-hmm. what? And I feel it right now with you, Val. I, I feel too. it. It's just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm so touched that people are listening and that we get to have this time together. Mm-hmm. But like, and you could even say, even this, we don't know <laughs> if we have this. Yeah. Katie says this is like a, a, a reflection in a mirror. So like, if you don't like the ocean is carrying you and you're being lived by life if you don't mm-hmm. like that you can maybe take it one dial further and be like and the ocean is an illusion and so are you and nothing is really happening yeah uh, I know I and do it could be scary also but I think that the, <laughs> but that's what it is but then saying but who is that scary to because right the answer is that's only scary to the ego who is really afraid in that moment that you're on to it that it actually isn't you. And every morning that ego is gone. Every morning, there's a fun one that I got from Katie, is every morning try to be aware of that moment between waking Mm -hmm. and and reassembling yourself. Mm -hmm. Because every morning you are dead. You're gone. Mm -hmm. I don't mean sloggy from bed. I mean, there's a moment before you go male, father, daughter, day, Monday, work day, Mm -hmm. emails. Like, Mm -hmm. where were you? So the ego, it's the great cosmic joke. Mm -hmm. It's this thing that only exists if the awareness in you gives it, bows to it, Mm -hmm. instead of it bowing to you. The greatest gift in the world, the greatest miracle in the world, bows to a series of agreed upon conceptions that you've like a snowman assembled into a, a, a person. Yeah. And and we've got the whole thing backwards. The miracle of awareness bows and goes, What would you have me do today, Pete? When really you can just go like, the Peteness is great. I love the Peteness. I'm glad to be the Peteness. We can honor and respect the Peteness. But the real shit and I was doing this at that dinner where I didn't feel much like talking. What is lacking? awareness is the dream is being had Mm -hmm. and when you can tap into the dreamy feeling Mm -hmm. everything is a miracle and you can bow to it just like your thoughts coming out of nothing and going into nothing yeah I love that and that made me think of groovy 
Jack Kornfield tells a story in his book, um, what is it, After the Laundry, the Ecst- or After the Ecstasy, the Laundry, Yeah. Um, which is really great. He tells a story of a, a teacher, and I don't remember the, the details, but she was a, you know, a, a high Buddhist teacher, and she would teach by having her students wake up in the morning, you know, they would wake up, and you don't do anything throughout the day until you realize, you recognize the dissatisfaction that's asking to be remedied, basically. Mm. So you wake up in the morning and you just kind of lay there until you realize, oh, I, I have to go to the bathroom. So that's the a dissatisfaction. So then you get up and you use the toilet and you sit on the toilet until you realize, oh, I'm actually not comfortable. I need to move. We stay on the toilet past the, past <laughs> the pee-pee? Yeah. Yeah, in other words, you stay on the toilet past the pee-pee. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you I think go girls are pooping sit. more because they sit to pee, and that's why they generally just seem to be happier people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. That, yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? It's more of an option. Although, I... I yeah. Okay, I can see that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so you stay on the toilet, and then and then you move once you realize the dissatisfaction. That's the engine is that you're uncomfortable, so you move to a chair, and you sit there for a while until you realize that you you're hungry, and then you make food, and then you mm. realize you have to go to the bathroom again. Blah, blah blah. And the whole point of it is to see that dissatisfaction in some form is actually behind everything. And the, and the reason to do that is to honor the dissatisfaction. Hmm. So it's not to just be like, so I'm just running on dissatisfaction. It's, it's being like every dissatisfaction serves a purpose. So, so honor it. It's, it's not a bad thing. Hmm. It's, it's kind of the engine motivating. Yeah, desire is the universe. Yeah. Yeah. And then desire lessness. That's a tricky one. Because in the Diamond Sutra, too, they're like, you can't cling to everything is real, but you also can't cling to nothing is real. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. So what's what's wrong about, for me, when I say, meaning what makes me lose it, when I'm like, well, the ocean's fake, too. Mm-hmm. That's too clingy to mm-hmm. it's all nothing. Mm-hmm. So I love what you said. What a perfect pepper to my salt. I'm giving myself salt. Uh, JK. Y- your salt. salt, your salt. You salt. love salt so much. I love um, it so much, but I love salt pepper. But we can't. Pepper's great. Fresh ground? I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. Really? I can't tell the diff. Really? It's a great Jim Gaffigan bit. It's like, yeah, this is fresh. I grew up on a pepper farm. Oh my god, I can tell the difference. Well, usually pre-ground is is finer. That's the easier way to tell. Okay. And then, like, if you think about our grinder, you get big peppercorns in that baby. Big pepper, big peppercorn. Peppercorns. Big peppercorns. Uh, we could be silly. We dove right into deepness. No, I, I kind of want to go. I want to. <laughs> Welcome to you, 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 you. Waiting, weird. I said, waited. <laughs> And you, you, said, you, you waited, waited weird. weird. You wheeled? Wheeled. You just said it like a little kid. You waited wheeled. Oh, Lee's going to say wheeled. <laughs> I... She's going to go heel. Oh, uh, I can't wait. She says things so cute, you guys. Do you, What were we going to say? I'm going to look up. I just grammed if anybody has any questions. 
Uh, yeah, while I was talking to you. I would love <laughs> you and Val to discuss coming to terms with guilt when you know you did something bad and really hurt someone. Hmm. Oh. How to drop the story that you are a bad person, etc. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we answered this person's question already. This this person's a good question asker. So read it again because I, I think I have a lot to say. <laughs> okay. Um, I would love you and Val to discuss coming to terms with guilt. It's Amity. It might be somebody named Amit. Okay. But it looks like a woman. Okay. A-M-I-T-Y-Y-Y. Um, geez, she or they. Who? I would love you and Val <laughs> to discuss coming to terms with guilt when you know you did something bad and really hurt someone. I want to hear what you have to say about this. This is a tricky one for me. Yes, it is. Because I can beat myself up for a while. Oh, sure. I'm not saying I have the answer to No, but I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it just happened... This yesterday. Yesterday. And so let me just start by saying, it is my worst fear. And we've talked about this in the the podcast on the podcast multiple times <laughs> sorry I just got really aroused <laughs> sorry I was thinking about your vagina okay Hilarious. I really think it's it's icky um <laughs> I know I'm the one that thought of it but I do think it's icky it's fair um so we've talked a lot about the fact that both of us kind of have this child self however you want to think of it this this belief of like, I need everyone to be a hundred percent happy with me a hundred percent of the time. I need a hundred percent of the people to be a hundred percent happy with me a hundred percent of the time. Somebody just sent me a great Michael Scott Enneagram three quote, and oh, it was yeah. great. Somebody Did somebody send that, that to me. you too? I loved that. Whoever like, sent that, that was really great. I don't need to be liked. I want to be liked, I, and I have to be liked. Yeah, but I wouldn't say I need to be it's liked. It's not a compulsion. Like my need to be praised. <laughs> Perfect. I relate to that one so much. Me too. Um, so, so I, it really is like, if you want to get the biggest tummy drop for me, tell me that one of my closest people, like I hurt their feelings or they, or I disappointed them or they're mad at me. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I can be like Nosferatu and have fewer relationships because to my brain, Mm -hmm. It's it's like if you have a lot of people in your life, each one of them then has the power with their dissatisfaction to ruin my reality. That's right. This isn't me at my highest, but let's be honest. We talked about this earlier. Not always at my highest, and I can replay something over and over. Yeah. And it happened with you where you were worried that um, you had offended somebody. Yeah, I feel like I can give a deep. I was just trying to be like... Well, it was a little bit tri tricky because it involved... COVID and it involved wanting to see uh, our beloved family. Yeah. Let's put it this way. We were being super safe. So yeah, it, I basically, Leela has w w turned two and we were trying to decide what we wanted to do for our, for her birthday party. And we were like, should we just do something with just the two or just the two of us? Um, yeah. In fact, you're sort of glossing over. It was me being like, well, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. And I'm always inviting you to throw me under the bus, but you never do. Yeah. But I'm like, I think party or, you know, a, a situation that we can't really know. I think that's what the whole country is doing right now mm -hmm. is like, how is this playing out? 
It looks like it's playing out okay. I'm not really staying on top of it. But we just didn't know. So we're like, let's just play it safe. And if you ask me, I can be pretty black and white about that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'll just be like... Well, uh, you know, a party isn't really worth going into the unknown. Let's just say we'll we'll do something later when we have more info. Yeah, that's right. And it's but it still was so upsetting to me that I hurt them and I and then that's really when you can catch your ego taking part in it. Your my ego would have so many reactions to it being like I am, I'm misunderstood. I need to make sure that they understand exactly where I'm coming from. And I want them to be okay with me. And then I'm all of a sudden trying to control how they feel. Well, I was going to say the work has helped me isolate the thought there, which is I can control how other people feel. Yeah, that's right. And that is not, I had to do it. Tiny interjection with, with tailgating. People have been tailgating me a lot. I think it's because we're in nature and maybe I'm just driving the closer to the speed limit. Mm-hmm. Usually a little over and people will still be riding my butt. And then I'd, I'd go like, okay, do the work a little bit faster in my head now with practice. I go, people need to approve and even celebrate yeah. how I drive. Yeah. So like I can't even handle the subtle criticism of someone being on my bumper. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. similar sort of thing and and even just realizing the belief that's causing you all the suffering mm-hmm. is always to to start inching our way into the at least some of the answer mm. i feel like that's part of the answer for me is like i know that they're upset because of this i know they're thinking that you don't know any of that yeah and it's you can't really control how they feel anyway and they're entitled to feel how that's they, right. they feel and it's okay but- you know what it is a little bit snobby. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. they were like, you guys are snobs and, and you're judging us and fuck you, yeah. You, I could find the place in me where I go, yeah, that's valid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, shit, that, I hear that and it sucks and I don't mm-hmm. like it. But like, being like, they need to feel good and I need to make them feel good. Yeah. Is, is you and realize. specifically about me, then like, you can hear Katie's voice Byron Katie going so it's all about you it's That's just right. so that you yeah, can feel good if though. they're having a bad feeling about anything else do you give a shit it's mm-hmm. just so you can control the story that they have about you That's and right. to, I really want you Val to talk about this you were talking about Kim Eng mm. Eckhart Tolle's partner and a wonderful teacher um do that thing that oh, you yeah. told me so this is in I think I re- recommended on this pod before it's um it's called Resist Nothing, and it you can find it on iTunes, and it's a, it's a series. It's like 30 minutes of Eckhart Tolle talking about the pain body, and then Kim Ng takes you through three different meditations on the, on the pain body. And the, my favorite one is the en- energetic body, but I can't remember if this is... It's like your body, your emotional, your emotions, and then your energetic body. Mm. Um, and this is one of them, but... You like recognize how you so she has you think of somebody difficult who is challenging to you, and then you notice the feelings. I mean, obviously, this is like all over a period of time, it's not rushed like this, but you notice the sensations that come up, you notice the thoughts that come up, and then you you notice the direct relationship between the thought and then the sensation in your body. So you're noticing the energy of your thought and then how that creates an energetic 
sensation in your body or an emotion. Just evoking the thought of a difficult person can start making your heart jack and your tummy flip yeah. and all these things. And Your, ti- your yeah. chest tighten and... and so then you really sit with the sensation. Then the, the point is to allow that feeling to kind of come up and out and to drop the label and just recognize that these emotions are sensations. But then at the end of it, she says, uh, she says, basically, she's like, the person noticed that what you're feeling actually has nothing to do with the person. That's right. All of that is happening in you. Right. They're, she doesn't say this, but it's like, that person's not even there. You've created this entire thing right. within yourself. That's the power of, of just, talk about letting go and being in the ocean. Mm-hmm. So this person's question is wonderful. So you've offended somebody. Mm-hmm. And maybe even they told you they, that you offended them, right? Mm-hmm. You'd think that would be like, well, the jury's out. I offended Dan. Mm-hmm. Because Dan said, fuck you, that's offensive, and, but Katie's always like, you don't even really know. Mm-hmm. How many times have you been mad at somebody mm-hmm. or you yelled at somebody or you lost your temper or whatever it is? Or for me, you were slightly passive aggressive and cold. <laughs> yeah. And then you realized after the fact that really it was because you just lost a pet or you were anxious about your job. Like, so yeah. you, people don't even know how they feel. They're not the authority on why they feel how they feel and what they're feeling necessarily. Yeah. There's a freedom to just going like, I, not only can I not control how other people feel, mm-hmm. I'm not really the master of my own emotions. Mm-hmm. So like reheating it. I love what you said about you're sitting on the toilet and wait for the dissatisfaction. It's like play it out. That's a weird way to say it. Or you're in bed and you wait till you have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> or you sit on the couch and then you wait till you have to eat. You sit on the toilet and you wait, wait for, for that. Wait for that. There's there's another. If you get an email, sit on the toilet and wait for that dissatisfaction. There's a good chime. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, I hope I, I don't know if I'll remember what I was saying. Um, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry, but yeah, you can't control it. And. And identifying what's really going on. Mm-hmm. This is about me trying to control the story of me, and I think they're this. Ask yourself, what images are you making up? Mm-hmm. What movies are you playing? Well, they're probably mm-hmm. saying this and this to their friends, and mm-hmm. they're probably not going to want to do that or this. Or, mm-hmm. or you know, if it's parents, like, they're probably, oh, they're writing me out of their will or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Like, play it out. Yeah. And then really, if you can, write it down because mm-hmm. that's where the laugh factor comes in. You're just like, your brain, for some reason, will torment you. Yeah. With all of the unknowns. Well, because your ego wants to exist, and it's best like it's a very effective way to right. It has exist your attention by yeah by feeling anything extreme like that. Like, right. and also I think this is just to to focus on the word guilt and the and the sensation of guilt. Maybe maybe I've said this before, and we're getting to that point now. Or we're running out of I'm running out of new things, but guilt and shame are biologically they biologically serve a purpose that is we're pack animals and guilt and shame served the purpose of being like oh I did something that the pack will not approve of that means that they won't feed and shelter me yeah and I won't survive Right. so just knowing that the animal of your body 
is reacting with guilt and shame on that biological level. On your behalf. On your behalf. I think in in the situation of I did this or this person's upset with me and I feel guilty, just have a compassionate conversation with your guilt. Say thank you for for showing me something. Um, guilt does serve a purpose, but holding on to guilt actually doesn't serve any right. purpose. And when does it become compulsive? Right, and <clears throat> even even the guilt because when we first were quarantining, and this is why that situation was so triggering for me uh not to overuse that word but i did spend like the first few months in quarantine feeling so guilty that people specifically my loved ones uh were struggling so much and we were the jerks that got to be like this is kind of like a retreat you know and i was feeling yeah. so guilty about that and i remember my therapist saying like guilt can the flare up of guilt can be informative and that's helpful but when you just hold on to the guilt and you cling to it you think that that is what you should do like i sh- well if i'm going to be more fortunate in this way like if I'll other people have it, it harder then bad. at least i'm going to feel guilty right. about it i'll beat myself up about it but she's like get 10 people in a room and have them just resonate the energy of guilt. Yeah. And what good is that going to do? Or get 10 people in a room and have them resonate on the feeling of gratitude. Yeah. And like everyone benefits. And from generosity. That. I think um, getting in touch with the part of you that likes it is very valuable. That likes what? The, your guilt. Oh, yeah. Meaning it might not be the most conscious part of your brain. I'm, I just mean literally like science level conscious. Mm. It might not be the front runner, the commander in chief of your gray matter that likes it because mm. it's suffering. And it's like, oh, I can't stop replaying what I said. Mm-hmm. I remember ruining, spoiling Toy Story 3 to an entire writer's room. And I felt really bad about it. <laughs> and then like, I was like, I can't believe that bear. <laughs> and then it's like getting in touch with the part of you mm-hmm. that likes it, mm-hmm. that likes the self-flatulation yeah. and thinks it deserves it mm-hmm. is, is powerful and helpful yeah. to realize like I th- just to kind of like turn the lights on in the room a little bit and be like, Oh, I, I have that Christian guilt thing yeah. or I'm comfortable. Or as we say many times on this podcast, you think beating yourself up is somehow helping. Yeah. Even after you've resolved a conflict, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll still replay how I wish I had done it. Wow. To get off the ma- the holy mountain for a second and be like, yeah, we have I have this problem big time. Yeah. But if I can just be like, I remember my my first therapist in Brooklyn was like, I was talking about jerking off to porn, which was like the biggest issue in my life at the time, because <laughs> I felt so bad about it. Mm-hmm. And he sort of pointed me in that direction. He was like, mm-hmm. "Is there a part of you?" That ritualizes it or enjoys it because you exist. Mm-hmm. It's like your little drama. Yeah. You don't want to watch a TV show where nothing happens. You want to live the TV show where it's like, oh no, I, ru- I ruined Toy Story three for the writers' room at Outsource. Mm-hmm. So like, you want to have that shit. And really, I think identifying the thoughts, identifying the self centeredness of it, but then in a very practical way, doing what you can to make amends. Definitely. In the cleanest purest way yeah meaning this isn't about me Mm -hmm. i just want you to know and do what you can to make it right 
Yeah. And, and, and then even like, like if you have an ego desire to be like, wait, I want, I'm, I'm misunderstood or I want to clarify or, you know, there's there knowing that there is a time to do that. And then there is a time to just be like, you know what, that, that is me actually trying to control their understanding That's of right. what happened and That's why letting that go. I think there's a lot of power in going like he's, they're mad at me. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Like, I understand. In mm-hmm. fact, that's a pretty great apology is yeah. to be like, I didn't even mean it when I said that you look fat. I didn't mean it. Just be like, <laughs> no, I, I was thoughtless and I said something and it hurt your feelings and I completely understand why you're mad. And you can you can keep this part to yourself and uh, it's okay. Like, yeah. it's okay that you're mad at me. Well, yeah. And, and also, I really felt grateful for that situation at the end of it well a par- part of me feels grateful because I was like look at us we were communicating like we communicated and everybody said how they felt and 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 like we were able to wrap it up with like oh yeah like the most important thing is that I love you and I miss you and that this is really hard like that's right this 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 being apart sucks and this is a hard year that goes back to like is anyone even just experiencing the one issue that's flaring up the emotion Mm -hmm. it's I know Louis scandal but like he has that great bit about like shut up and eat your fucking french fries it's like Mm -hmm. it's not about the kid asking for french fries it's about the whole day and that's just the thing that brings the anger out yeah and in this example there's so much going on and there's such a collective weight and guilt and Mm. shame and fear and all that stuff we we all have to be patient with each other and with ourselves yeah it's not just them you have a question my bubba oh sorry do you not feel done no i do uh so yeah i hope that we kind of address that i i definitely this is something that i still work on and deal with um let's see maybe i should just do like oh somebody just said okay um that'll do pig which is a great name just said dinosaurs yes or no (laughs) i'm lightening it up yeah yes oh i'm in my basement I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some special time. Yes. Can you name this song? Can the people listening even name the song? Val, I sing it most days. Can you name it? it? Oh, well, I saw it. Oh, you saw it. Here he comes, Hasselhoff. Wow. I would have known it at that point, by the way. It's still not happening. Don't you? How can this? Karaoke, maybe. Yeah, what the fuck? Get this shit out of here, man. That's so disappointing. I want to hear the Hoff. All right. Some people's down. Is it him singing it? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm I'm 99% sure. I can't believe I can't find the Baywatch theme song, except a fucking electric guitar version, which made my synthesizer soft. I call my dick my synthesizer. Oh my god. Okay, you're looking up a question? I'm looking up a question. Mm-hmm. 
Huh? Oh, looking at my DMs. Yeah. Um, I mean. Okay. Um, I feel like. Okay. Uh, dinosaurs, yes or no? Yes. Yes. I mean, yes. That's all. That's it. Um, okay. 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 I'm just reading like key words of this one. So. Will you ever reunite with Chelsea Peretti? Uh, people ask you that from time to time, don't they? I love Chelsea. I, I love when I see her. We had a real white-hot friendship, and then it sort of stabilized, and now we're not really in touch, but I love her. She's so funny. She's so funny. Do you have any crazy stories with different stand-ups that you don't normally see? Amir Blumenfeld, Aziz Chappelle. Um, you get some really good... I'll, I'm just trying to answer ones while you find one. Yeah. Amir Blumenfeld is the funniest. He's so funny. College humor. I don't have any good Aziz stories, except that when we went out to pizza in Brooklyn, he told me his goal was to sell out Madison Square Garden, and I remember it like it was yesterday, and he denied it when he did the podcast. Oh <laughs> I remember gosh. just being like, why? That's it it so felt funny. so like he didn't want to come off like a guy that has goals to me, because goals aren't cool. And I was like, goals are cool. <laughs> <laughs> and my, I did, I've told that story many times of opening for Chappelle, but I didn't tell the story of the, how that happened as we were shooting at the comedy cellar, crashing, and I came out and there was a black SUV just idling in front of the club, and he just came out and he's smoking a cigarette, and he asked if I wanted to do it, do the Radio City shows with him one of the nights and I was so tired that I, I did not <laughs> I, de- I definitely did not but I'm so glad I said yes even though the show was sort of like uh, tricky for me because I was so tired probably I have this vivid memory of being backstage at Radio City and somebody uh, handed him a joint and he, uh, he he I think he choked it and then he handed it to me which I think was great <laughs> that's, that's my fun. that's my fun Chappelle story um okay if Crashing had been renewed indefinitely with a, and a second wife, Sweet, Sweet Lady Val character was introduced, who would each of your dream casting be? That's a good oh, one. Oh, that's really fun. From Bobby I Hughes. You, I can tell you right now. It's the girl from Kick-Ass. No. I mean, you could... You, that's my you, answer. You and Emily Gordon think I look like her, and I don't really think I do. But I think I... If I don't look like her, I definitely have the same essence as, potentially, as Mae Whitman... Who, is that her? No, Mae Whitman, remember, is like the one, the person that I'm like obsessed with. Oh, yeah, I like Mae Whitman. She's, she's on parenthood and she's like, she's been in everything as a child and um, she's so, now she's on um, The Good Girls and I really love that show. I, I wish we could have done that. She's, I Had think the she's character. so cool. I've seen her twice, once on an airplane and once at a party, and I've never been able to say hi to her. Um, Say it now. Say it now. Hi, May. I wish we could be friends. Oh, my God. I know. Have you ever tried to seduce Val by talking like Batman? <laughs> you get funny questions. I get lost. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to see my bat signal? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my this God. suit simulates muscles <laughs> that you wish I had. Okay, I like this one. This is, <laughs> I didn't even, it didn't even phase me. Imagine if my thighs looked like this. <laughs> you know, I will say. You peel the lycra off, and I look like Louis Anderson. 
in the 90s. This is kind of an obnoxious relationship thing, but I will say that when I when we were long distance and I, I didn't mean to shit on Louie. I was just trying to think of somebody that had creamy sort of thighs. Okay. <laughs> Love you, Louie. When we were on uh, when we were long distance, sometimes I would watch the Batman videos when I missed you. Uh-huh. That's kind of embarrassing to say. That's not embarrassing. What's embarrassing is I watched them for pleasure sometimes. Yeah, we both do. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's where we lost everything. Wait, we're wearing our masks. Oh, shoot. Can you tell the difference? Can you, can you tell the difference? The no mask? This is what the mask. You can tell. Mask? No mask. No mask. That's where the episode ends. Thank you for listening. Sorry it's abrupt. Sorry we didn't get to the all the questions we recorded the answer. Well, we tried to, and it didn't work. So we'll just pick up where we left off on uh, next Friday. Yeah, we got some really great questions as always, and we'll make sure that we get to them next week. We're still making it through the first round of questions that people sent. You guys are sending so many good questions, and they're so thought-provoking that usually we can only get to one or two uh, per episode. So, um, sorry we... Yeah, but also means we can keep doing this for a long time. Yeah, that's right. Um, And sorry we missed out on a poem this week, but... um, Oh, yeah. Timothy Chalamet, they say, is wispy. He's not on this episode. But keep it crispy. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> He's um, wispy. Yeah, he is wispy. Please do it, Tim Shall. I wonder if it'd be good. He'd be great. I think he'd be great. I don't know. He's I next bail. He's next bail. I think if you did have him on the podcast, that one you should do as a video podcast. Oh my God. How dare you? All right. Keep. keep oh, yeah, you're, is that good? Yeah. Keep it crispy, everybody.